Welcome to the Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, impactors, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. I'm Marguerite Crespillo, your host, and I myself have been in real estate for over 25 years, selling tons of real estate, ran my own brokerage, and have managed to stay married to my very patient and tolerant husband, as well as raise six kids and now seven grandkids. So listen in and please comment on our blog at www.realestaterealworld.com. Let us know your thoughts and opinions. We love your feedback and don't forget to share with your friends on social media and be sure to subscribe over on iTunes, Podbean, or Stitcher. I know this is crazy, but it's been over 18 months since I recorded an episode of Real Estate Real World. You know, life gets busy and sometimes things get pushed to the back of the bus. But something kept telling me it was time to get back on the microphone and start up this show again. And I knew when I connected with Mike Borkman that he had to be my first guest on the relaunch of Real Estate Real World. I could not be more excited about this episode as we dig into what Mike calls World War III of the real estate industry. So listen in as we talk about the huge changes that are impacting our industry today. Hello, everybody. It's Marguerite Crisfillo, and welcome to another episode of Real Estate Real World. You know, we've been kind of on this little break for a while while life has just happened with all the things that go on. But I had to get it restarted because I really had to talk to this guy, first of all. He's one of the top people on my list of people that I wanted to talk to. And as many of you know, I really started this podcast just so I could go out and talk to cool people. So I love the opportunity when I get to talk to somebody who's been in business just a little bit longer than me, a couple years. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to read his bio real quick. So Mike Borkman has been a top producing real estate agent since 1991. I started in 93 for the record. So he got me out, beat on a couple of years. He's completed over 4,500, yes, 4,500 real estate transactions and currently managing over 600 residential properties. Not only is Mike a broker, real estate agent, property manager, he's also a national speaker and trainer for some of the top agents across the country. His team, Team Borkman, consistently closes 200 transactions a year, and this is a result of his what other agents can't and won't do philosophy. His property management companies become one of the premier management companies since its creation. One of Mike's biggest strengths is not losing the balance between the old-fashioned handshake, cutting-edge technology, and self-care. Love that. Mike has been recognized with many awards for being one of the top realtors in the nation. He spoke on stages across the country. His specialty is scripting mindset and how to thrive in any market at any level of your career. For Mike, nothing is more important than watching the people around him thrive. So great, great stuff. And welcome, Mike. That's awesome. Thank you. I've never had anybody read a bio. I was listening, like watching. That was really cool. Thank you so much for having me on your show and welcome back to Podcast World. That's awesome. You bet. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And so I love you know, that it's we... the real world because I'm sitting in my house living a real life. And uh, it's just like kind of a cool name. I just, I like it. Dogs barking at the back door and just, just neat things are going on. So thanks again for having me. You bet. And you know, it is funny because I think that sometimes our industry is glamorized a bit, right? And a lot of times it feels like we're always doing all this fancy stuff when the truth is we're doing a bazillion things at a bazillion different times and, you know, trying to figure all these different things out and working from home, not working from home, you know, a lot of stuff going on. So I love this industry. Oh, me too. So what made you get into real estate? I mean, you've been in now, what, almost 30 years. Is that making you feel yeah. old? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You know, I, um, I grew up typical, you know, came from nothing, hardworking family, grew up in an 800 square foot house. Dad was in aerospace, mom was a waitress, that kind of thing. Um, couldn't really afford college and, you know, I didn't have the right mindset for it. Um, but I was a hard worker and I, and I learned the value of money and time early on. And uh, I just told a couple of my friends, I said, listen, I want to make more money than a doctor or a lawyer without going to college. What do I do? And then one of my friends growing up, his dad was a real estate agent and I noticed them uh, buying a Mercedes. They had a big house and they moved away to this spectacular neighborhood. It's funny. I actually swore someday I would move into that neighborhood and I did. And I've lived in my current house for 18 years. Kind of a lot of attraction thing you see John Asaroff talk about, you know, oh, yeah. 
Um, so that's, I, I live that life every day. It's crazy. Um, so I got in, I worked hard, um, shot to the top very quick. And I, I started at Remax for 19 years and um, just had a blast with it. You know, I went through several different markets. We went through the 94 earthquake. Uh, we, I pioneered short sales in 96 and REO. Um, did a lot of really cool stuff. And then in about 2007, I started a uh, property management company called SCV Leasing. I live in Santa Clarita, California. So it's Santa Clarita Valley, hence SCV. And uh, that company, you know, I got 100 properties my first year. I found out, wow, predictable monthly cash flow is cool. It, it totally exploded my real estate sales. And, um, you know, it added an extra 20 deals like in one year. And I said, wow, this is the real deal. I need to continue this. Uh, and gave me lots of freedom, you know, in the, in the real estate industry. So long story short, they hated that at my office because I was running it out of my office. And at the time, Keller Williams was the up and coming thing in our town. And they said, you know, uh, why don't you come with open, well, have open arms, bring your property management company. And at the time I was teaching realtors how to open up property management companies and speaking all over the country and um, selling a training program. Um, so it was cool. I got to speak at Family Reunion. I got to speak at Mega Camp, and I was on committees that helped write Bold and Ignite for Keller Williams, all that good stuff. Wow. And then, um, uh, you know, we went through uh, REO again and short sales again, you know. Um, and and then what happened was at that company, I was doing all the training and I was mentoring so many agents and coaching so many agents. I just said, you know, with as much work as I'm doing, I should probably open up my own brokerage, you know, and get a piece of a little everything. I thought that was right. of all, that's, you know, it's so funny. So many realtors aspire to own their own brokerage. That's kind of like the last adventure on their list, right? And then they're all going to sit behind a desk and get rich off all these agents. Um, so I bought into a HomeSmart franchise, uh, which I still believe is a fantastic company, flat fee company. Uh, great technology, great leadership, great people all around. I ran that for about five years and um, I built it to 300 agents, four offices, and I was just having a ball, except for a couple of the problems that brokers have. Uh, no money, a lot of liability, nobody listening to you, overhead was crazy, uh, market shifting, you know, real estate agents are going crazy. And then, uh, and then I found the EXP model. And then it was all over. I just basically said, hey, um, you know, this is the future of real estate and I need to change. And so I was, I was so blessed. I was friends uh, with the guy that owned the Orange County Home Smarts and he offered to buy the company. So we went through a three month escrow and, you know, fast forward from 1991. I know that was quick and now here we are and it was in March of 2019. And I've been with the current company almost going on seven months now and loving every second of it. So that's so there's pretty story. much nothing you have not done in real no, estate, it sounds no. like. And, and, and people laugh when I say I've done, been there, done that. I have. Like, for reals, I've, I've, I've absolutely dominated every area of the industry. Um, I learned at an early age, if you're going to do it, do it right. So when I went after expireds, there was a point where very few agents would try to compete with me. Same with for sale by owners. I dominated a 1,500 um, home geographical farm. I, you know, I feel like I invented Facebook all on my own. I mean, I did, I did all this crazy stuff that, you know, that I really took it deep and, and I learned early on from a few really good mentors that um, scripts and dialogue and mindset are everything. So I've, so I really, uh, you know, I focused on that a lot and made sure that, um, you know, I was just, on, I was just on top of everything. I just did everything the right way, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I just. I couldn't stand to uh, lose at anything. So I just, I just absolutely studied and I went to every seminar and I role played every single day and, you know, did all the things that they tell you to do. Let's put it that way. You know, it's funny because uh, I followed somewhat of a similar path in that I actually got into real estate originally to do loans was my intent because interest okay. rates had dropped to an all-time low of 8% back in 93, you know, <laughs> and we really thought they were never going to get any lower than that. So my husband was in the mortgage business. We had a young son at home and he said, well, why don't you get your license and do refis, right? And I did that for about a year. And honestly, I hated 
refi. I hated the loan business. I did not like it. So God bless all of our lenders out there that, you know, grind it out every day. Those guys are our heroes. They're, they're, they're like our unsung heroes for real. Yeah. Just not for me. <laughs> and uh, so I went to work. Do you know Luigi Caprio? Absolutely. He's a very close. Oh friend. yeah. So Luigi actually was the listing agent on the house that we bought that we still live in today, 25 years ago. Wow. And he said, well, why don't you come help me out, be my assistant. And I just had our second son. So I went to work for him and sold like 18 houses in my first six months. I go, oh, I think I like the real estate side. And just like you were saying, every agent thinks that they should go open a brokerage. So I didn't wait. I opened a brokerage. I'd been a year in the business and I opened my own brokerage. So uh, wasn't I was not the smartest uh, tool in the, in the tool shed <laughs> and uh, <laughs> spent a bunch of time uh, trying to build that and then ended up buying franchises and like all the mistakes you didn't make I pretty much I pretty much made all those yeah, I did them all <laughs> trust me. yeah and I you know I think that that's probably um, one of the biggest misnomers that real estate agents have is they think that uh, we just like landed here at this successful place by accident, right? And that mm -hmm. we we didn't go through all the trials and tribulations. I mean, you've been 28 years, I've been 25 years in this industry, and I think I've made just about every possible mistake. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, we got in the business. Let's let's be honest. Like there was no internet. There was MLS when I got in was literally DOS. Yeah. And I was the only person in my office that could use it. And that was the first computer I ever touched. Uh, our lockboxes had keys. Our MLSs were books. We actually had to go face-to-face -face with buyers and sellers to present offers. It was a much different time. So it's been so fascinating to watch real estate evolve so fast to what it is today. I mean, you know, real estate was done exactly the same way for a hundred years. And then we get in the business and it changes all in five. Like, <laughs> It's crazy, but I, you know, I've embraced technology. That's another thing that, that I, that, that I always point out, you know, you got to embrace technology because that's how I actually won in real estate. The people that were a lot older than me that were so set in their ways, I was able to push them out with technology. And when I go up against them, whether it was a buyer or seller, I could show how my technology was better for the buyer or seller and I would win every time. And I watched them all go out of business like dinosaurs. So, and they weren't even in the business as long as I did, you know? So I was like, look, even at my age, I'm 47 or six, I don't even know what I am, but I, I don't want new technology. Like I'm cool with what I got, but you know, they forced me to learn iTunes. They forced me to learn Netflix. And in, in our industry, they forced me to learn Commissions Inc, Lopo, and, KV core now and all this stuff. And I just go, wow. I mean, it's amazing the crap we can do with our careers if we really embrace it. So, and it's funny. You know, to watch how many it, people it, is, it is funny to watch. Cause I listen to people sometimes, you know, complain about, Oh, they don't want to learn whatever the newest technology is. And I said, you know, I remember a time when we didn't have cell phones, right? Mm, that's and, the other and, one. Right. Then you did actually, like I actually got my first cell phone in 1994, um, which was shortly after I got into real estate. And, you know, nobody wanted to learn these new fancy whiz bang things, you know, and I think about all the things that we did, uh, you know, prior to what we have now, like, even if you just look at a smartphone now, like I remember the old days when we had Thomas guide map books. Oh yeah. I study those things every day. Yeah. yeah and I, you had to buy a new Thomas guide every year because the streets changed and you know, there would be new subdivisions. The streets wouldn't even be in the book and you're trying to figure them out. Yeah, and, no, that's hilarious. That's uh, really hilarious. I had stacks of Thomas Guides. I forgot about them. <laughs> Hear them out, is. photocopy them, highlight everything. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it's and so when people talk about how they're, you know, they don't want to learn that. And I said, well, there was a time when no one wanted to learn about cell phones. There was time when email was a big thing, you know, and, and to get email and it was such a big deal, you know. And now, you know, I think about now what it takes for us to sell a house. Well, there have been times, I'm sure it's happened to you, I've never even seen the house that a client bought, you know? And, you know, they went and saw it at maybe an open house or, you know, I've even sold properties to people strictly off of video and FaceTime mm -hmm. because they were relocating, you know? I do it all the time. Yeah, it's and it's, it's just crazy how things have changed. And so one of the things that I was, I wanted to ask you about is, with all that you have seen all these years and same thing, what do you think is 
is next. Like I never thought we would be doing most of our deals via text message like we do now. Right. Uh, I certainly never thought that we would have the technology that we have now. And I remember when the market started to shift back in 2005, for me, it was the first go round with REO. I know for you, it was a second, but you know, seeing that REO and then I remember was REO started to fade. I thought, well, I should probably build a brokerage. And, you know, then as I built the brokerage and I thought, okay, well, that wasn't the best way to go. And, you know, now I'm also with EXP and seeing where things are going, just the fact that, you know, we're dealing with people around the world in a technology platform that I've never seen anything like it. My kids are familiar. Like when I got in there, my son's like, oh, mom, yeah, that's like, you know, my video game here, just push that arrow. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'll tell you exactly what's next. You know, I've been, I've, that's one of my things is I stay on the forefront of technology. So I watch it very quick, very fast. There's three things that are going to happen. And this is going to be known as if we had another world war, it'd be called World War Three, And that's what I think of with real estate. We had a war with um, technology in the beginning. Then we had a war with our MLSs and how we let go of that. And now we're at a war where who's going to win this battle? Um, we're going to have the huge tech companies, you know, Realtor.com, um, Zillow, Redfin. Uh, those are tech companies that have billions of dollars. They have technology, but we screwed up as realtors, gave them our databases. And now they are more accurate databases than anybody could ever have. You know, it goes Facebook, Amazon, and then Zillow for accurate databases across the nation. And that's scary. So we're going to have a battle with those guys. And then the other battle we're going to have is with um, auction companies and online companies like Zome, auction.com, those types of companies. Uh, they're also tech companies, but they're kind of auction, um, you know, put your bid through our website. Kind of like Zoom now says, hey, you know, list your house for sale by owner on here. The buyer pays a premium. So the commission structure and the tech part of the auction thing is going to be the second variation. And then the third variation is the real estate agents and how they're going to fight back. The way it's sitting right now, the real estate agents are going to lose. Um, the, the, let's be honest, um, we could probably pay some pretty good people 50, 60 grand a year to do um, detail work, point orientated, task orientated, um, very nice people that can handle a transaction, go through disclosures, maybe not negotiate so great like we do today and really, really fight. Um, but I think that it's not going to matter. Um, so it's up to the real estate agents to stand up, fight and protect their industry. It, it's it's not too, too late. It's kind of too late because we gave all of our databases away, but it's not too late. For instance, um, and, and I know we want to keep this brand agnostic, but if, if, if EXP is one national brokerage and we grow to the numbers that we think we're going to, we're going to be a big enough company to put them out of business or buy them and, cons and, and preserve our industry. Uh, I firmly believe those things are going to happen. So we don't do that. If we don't come together as agents and stand up as one, those tech companies with billions of dollars will put us out of business. It's already very clear and evident now to where Redfin agents will go work for a salary of 50, 60 grand a year. They get some benefits. They get little teeny bonuses based on their reviews. And I've talked to those people before and they're my friends. And I just say, what the hell were you thinking? They're like, Mike, I'm desperate. I have two children. I have to feed them. All I need is a couple grand a week paycheck to live. I still like selling real estate and, and I want to do a good job, but I had to do this. So if we have 1.2 million realtors in America and, and oh, the other thing I was going to say, part of that tech thing will be the banks taking over too. The banks will be able to afford to have real estate agents on salary sitting in there. They tried that before. I don't know if you remember that. We uh, thank God for um, NAR, they, they overturned that law. Yeah. But the reality is, is that'll be a portion of it too. But, but hiring realtors on salary is not far-fetched, right? I mean, it's not. I mean, we always say, well, let's compare us to the travel agents, which makes me cringe, but it's reality. You know, there's still very specialized travel agents and the head honcho, the best travel agent one, it still hires people for salary to be travel agents. And they're on very little salary. They're just there to book flights, you know, whatever you can't do. Um, 
So when people ask me, what's the future of real estate? One of those three things is going to happen. It's going to be one hell of a war. Uh, right now, the tech companies are winning. And, you know, and I debate with professionals and realtors and every single day. I'm like, look, I love my industry. I'm passionate about it, but I'm not stupid. I'm not afraid to admit that our industry is at a point where we need to fight for it or let it go. And luckily, thank God for what we have in the next three to five years. And if you're a new agent listening to this, bust your butt and make sure you save every penny. And more importantly, invest in your industry, buy property, buy land, buy rental property, because at the end of the day, it's going to be a land grab and a land trade and a land sell. Whoever owns real estate will always be rich. We don't necessarily need the middlemen in between to transfer property. Title companies are going consumer direct. Escrow attorneys are all going direct. Um, it's even going down to where our, God, I'm going on a tangent, but I'm passionate about this too. It's even going it. down to where our photographers and the people that do our virtual tours are fighting against realtors and they're joining with these tech companies to where the consumers will want to avoid realtors because they can get everything in a one-stop shop for 500 bucks from a tech company. You know, Amazon Key, Amazon will have a marketplace for real estate uh, as well. You know, people say, oh no, they won't. What? I've seen it, I, I know what they're doing. Just like when Zillow called me in 2009 and said we're beta testing three different brokerages we're gonna have a flat fee model, a traditional model, and an online model. And I told them no, I was so proud of our industry, and nobody believed me at the time. And now here we are, look. You know, everything that they said they were doing worked, and uh, their online version won, right? Traditional. So, you know, I did, a, I did a podcast a while ago with uh, Dean Jackson. You know Dean Jackson from- uh, I love Dean. Yeah, I love Dean. Uh, I love marketing. I've known him for 20 plus years. I One of the first people I met in the business. And what's interesting that he says, and I think that there's some truth to this. I agree with everything you're saying. He says that you cannot digitize the last 10 feet of a real estate deal, which is the emotional part. And you brought up a key point in there when you were talking about all these, this, these disruptors and these things that are changing is the negotiating piece, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a conversation the other day with some friends of mine uh, who live a couple hours from here. They were headed out to a cruise and, they own a house uh, in Northern California near, uh, we had all the big fires not too long ago in Paradise. Oh yeah. California, uh, which is where I was born, uh, by the way. And so they own a house in Chico and their market has been impacted so greatly because there's no real estate, the entire town of Paradise burned down. So there's no homes for sale. So people are buying stuff in Chico and it's really dramatically increased their values up there. Kind of somewhat you know falsely inflated but the reality is their homes are selling and they said to me they said you know marguerite we're thinking you know my husband's pretty good at this stuff we think we could just sell our house ourselves and maybe just hire somebody to handle the paperwork and i said well you know what you very well could do that but let me help you understand a little bit about in a challenging market or a changing market is that's actually where a good agent who has strong negotiating skills is worth their weight in gold. Because if you say your house is worth a million dollars just for round numbers and you don't want to pay the 60,000 on average in commission. So you're going to pay the buyer side, maybe 25 grand, and maybe you'll just give somebody 10 grand to represent one side. Well, could that house potentially have sold for a million one if you had a good negotiator? Could it have sold for at least that if you had a strong marketing component and someone who knew how to negotiate multiple offers, how to position your home so you could get multiple offers? So are you willing to give up 20 grand to potentially have earned a hundred grand? I mean, I realize those are some big numbers, but it's, it's not that far off in even the three or $400,000 lower end if you have somebody really good who knows what they're doing. NAR has already proven it. They, I love NAR for their statistics. They've already proven that, you know, the average for sell by owner sells for 12% less um, than they could have with the realtor paying 6%, right? Right. Whatever the commission is in your area, you know, contact your local state gathering board, whatever, whoops. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, 12, who knows? Um, right. But, you know, so the reality is, and, I, and being a for sale by owner expert, I've seen that so many times where I've watched people leave money on the table. I've watched them open themselves to liability. Um, but here's an interesting thing that I've been studying right now. You know, the car dealer called CarMax, right? Correct. 
one of the biggest car dealers in the world. They said, screw you people, we are going to not negotiate a penny on our cars. And I thought that was fascinating because part of being a real estate agent means you get to go screw with car salesmen, right? So, right. Um, <laughs> so I would just go there and I'd be so frustrated. They just said, no, we're not negotiating with you guys. No, once every 30 days, we'll relook at our numbers and price the cars accordingly. So I said, you guys are all going out of business in the next year. Turns out a couple of years go by, they're the biggest used cars, you know, dealer on the planet. Their sales actually increased. Their net profit actually increased. They said, here's what we'll give you for your car, period. Here's what we're going to sell it for, period. So then I watched like Power. Power is another huge car dealership. They said, well, if CarMax can post numbers like that, let's try it. So they took that on. Sure enough, they're more profitable. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I think that although that we're really good negotiators, if, if prices, if all these buyers are getting used to the iBuyer program, I know we're getting really deep for some of the newer agents, but if all these people are getting used to the iBuyer programs and they're used to taking less for their property and they're okay with it, if there's no commissions, we're in trouble. Right. Because right? the people will say, well, my house used to be worth a hundred grand. You know, Zillow offered me, you know, 90 for it, which is crazy. The numbers that they're offering right now. And, you know, and I'm they're saving, getting it and they're yeah. getting it. That's, yeah, and that's I'm saving all this money. Da, 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 da. And we might have the last laugh when the market crashes and, you know, but, you know, who knows their internal numbers, how much money they're making um, before and how much money they're making off um, ancillary products, you know, escrow title, all that stuff. Um, which is another very interesting um, part of where the, well, I didn't know this podcast was going to turn into this, but <laughs> there's companies out there and you might know some of the names, like one specifically in San Francisco that I love. I forget the name of it, um, but they actually sell your home for free. They put it in the MLS for free, not a penny. You don't have to pay one cent to put your home in the MLS. And it's straight out on the screen as you're entering your property into the MLS yourself. It says, listen, the reason we're selling your house for free just because we own mortgage, we own title, we own escrow. And if you use these, we're not going to gouge you on these fees. They're the same as you get anywhere. We're thanking you by selling your house for free. Wow. So, and, and I haven't even heard of that one. So that one's news oh, to me. Yeah, it's huge. Oh gosh, I wish I could remember the name, but you can Google them. They're everywhere. And uh, I spent all week one time just researching discount companies. And there's tons of realtors, brokers that'll sell your home for free. Zero. As long as they get the escrow just to make a couple of grand. It's pathetic. So our industry is slowly but surely eating itself away by itself. Um, you know, I owned a brokerage with 300 agents. So without a doubt, I can tell you the average commission um, was somewhere around four and a quarter to four and a half percent on average. So watching our industry eat itself away and deteriorate was pretty sad for me. Um, so well, there's so many variables, you know, to look at. It's just crazy. And, and I love doing these podcasts because people call, blow me up on Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, it's cool to be awesome and love your industry, but you can't be stupid. You can't just look the other way. It's like all those other agents that are out of the business that said, no, I'm not going to learn the internet. I'm not going to learn social media. And they're gone. They're ghosts. So the agents right now that like to fight this and say, well, you always have a negotiation piece. Well, yeah. I'm sure You're right. I can pay a really good lawyer hundred grand a year to be a badass in court, right? I'm pretty sure I can pay a real estate agent a hundred grand a year to be a real good negotiator. And you know, so, so all these things are going to happen. We're going to come into play. You and I will be long retired because I of our, so. our advantage in our company that we're currently at, but these other agents that aren't catching the boat, they're five years from now, who knows? Like, well, you know, and I know you know this uh, in owning a brokerage is that truth be told, most real estate brokerages, especially considering that more than half are independent brokers and as opposed to a franchise model. And the truth is many of them are lost leaders, right? The real estate side is simply a lost leader. I mean, there is a well-known company down in the San Diego, San Diego area that I talked to and they only they do a flat fee type thing and they're and when i spoke to them they're like you know marguerite we don't make any money on the real estate side where we make our money is on the escrow on the loans on the other stuff mm -hmm. and so their real estate company in their opinion is simply a lost leader 
feeding all these other ancillary services. And, you know, most brokerages, especially small brokerages, I know for me, we had 120 agents at our company. And when you pulled my personal production out of the equation, that company was hemorrhaging. It was losing money like there was no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth of most independent brokerages and most small brokerages that the the broker owner is in there hustling day in and day out so that they can get a few agents who maybe close a couple deals randomly and they can say that they own a brokerage, right? I know. I I actually, you know, Matt Widow is the owner founder of HomeSmart as a genius. And I actually had dinner with him one night, I think it was at Inman, and we were talking about how low his fees were in Phoenix, Arizona. Like the transaction fees, I think are $249. You know, it was like for it's stupid, it's crazy. After the third one's free, it's like the most, you know, crazy. And and he looked at me in the eyes, and and we had the discussion about how someday he'd like to not charge a real estate anything, not one fee, because he owns all the companies associated: title, escrow, you know, attorney, whatever, home warranty, everything, painting, printing. It was nuts. Smart dude, right? So if all the money is in those products and all the big companies are buying and building those companies. Like if you saw what some of these major tech companies are buying and buying into and partnering with, like how could you not go to Chicago Title, Fidelity, First American as a huge tech company and say, hey, we want to partner with you guys. (laughs) Well, here's our numbers. Well, of course they do. Why would they want to partner with brokers anymore when they could partner with these tech companies and, you know, get a hundred times their numbers. So, that's you know that's that's why we're going to have world war three who's going to win are the agents going to win are the tech companies going to win are the auction and reverse commission companies going to win you know it's it's very interesting but like i said thank god we have you know three to five years to worry about it we can buy all of our rental property and just start renting our properties out and buying and building strip malls apartment buildings and let the industry do what it's going to do but thank god we're at a point where we can still survive so, so that actually brings me into, you know, another question is that uh, with that, you brought up iBuyers, right? Mm-hmm. And so help people, because maybe not everyone understands what the iBuyers are. We, we have a lot of varied listeners. So help people understand a little bit, what so, is an iBuyer so, and so how is an that going to change offer, right? So anybody, including you and me, will do an instant offer. So we go to a homeowner, it's a $100,000 home. It used to be where we'd say, look, we'll give you seven cents or 70 cents on the dollar. So $70,000 for your home, no commission, no closing costs, close in a week. You can stay there another month for free, whatever. Um, And the buyers would say, you know, I I don't want to lose that money, but for the convenience factor, knowing I'll have my cash in hand, I don't have to fix my home up because people don't really know. They're not educated enough to know that it's not that big of a deal to get good market value for your home. So as they test it and as the market shifts, the iBuyers are slowly but surely starting to not care about as much profit. So Zillow. You mean the sellers? Of the- no, the buyers of the home say okay. Zillow. I'm being very specific because Zillow this week is being idiots. Okay. They're actually buying homes at you know 95% of value with no commission, no closing costs. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me in a shifting market. Like not... We're not doing bad yet, but we are shifting. I mean, prices right. are things are changing. Yeah. So, and they're and they're getting lucky right now. But man, like, holy crud! Like, I as an investor could never afford to do that. But they don't care, right? They don't care. That they- reminds me a little bit of um, the last go round when you had all the spec buyers, right? All mm-hmm. the all the speculation buyers who were buying just for equity. They were not built buying for cash flow. It's kind of a similar type thing. Would you agree? Yeah, exactly. And now they're, and now they're at the point where they're like, I don't care as long as we get, you know, ripped off all these services, they're cool with it. And they are, you know, um, I, I wish so I they're taking mention- it as a loss leader also. Yeah. And there's people in our industry that I'd love to mention their names on there and privately, I can talk to you later and they're very smart people and they know the numbers and they know the people on the inside and they're saying, look, we don't care. Like real estate is just a thing. And I'm like, wow, like, but whatever. So these I buyers. So now you see where the market's going, right? There's so much going on, um, and I, and I truly believe also that title insurance, as it goes consumer direct, which it is, and I'll straight out say it. People, there's a lot of people working on it right now. Um, 
title commission is probably 75% of a title order. So if you go from two, $3,000 title order on a $100,000 house, cut out 75%, which is the middleman making the commission, your title rep, the title team, the title um, regional manager, blah, blah, blah. They're all making a huge rip. So now they're going to offer title at 250 bucks, you know, escrow. What do the escrow people make? You know, 20, 30% commission on top of these huge overhead, huge brick and mortar, huge, you know, so now escrow and attorneys can bring their fees down to nothing when they all go electronic. Um, I forget the name. Who's that? Who's the electronic, uh, all electronic escrow company right now with zero brick and mortar um, trying to partner with us. They're, they're amazing and they're doing it right. And they're proving that they don't need brick and mortar or commissions or anything. They're just directly want to do escrows online. But the bottom line, which I'm trying to say is when you, when you could do all that for 500 bucks, the ancillary products are going to go away. So now what? The brokers can't own escrow anymore. They can't own title anymore. Now what? Like, where's that going to go? It's kind of like one of those things when you're little and you shut your eyes and say, okay, who made God? Okay. Well, if that person made God, where'd that, who made that thing or whatever, you know, you just confused pretty soon you see black stars and you get up and you go to the bathroom and get a snack. But that's how this is. Like, it can go so many different directions. And that's why I call it World War III. It's gonna be so fascinating to watch. Um, you know, it's interesting because you're actually the first person that I've talked to who's gone that deep into it, right? And, <laughs> and helped people understand that things are definitely shifting. And if you are not paying attention, if you're not paying attention to what is next, uh, you're gonna go by the wayside of dinosaurs, you know, like Blockbuster and, you know, some of those others that are, are just going by the wayside. Like, why would you do that? Um, and I, I guess it's one of those things where you just kind of go with blinders on. Like, I think back around, it was, I remember it being August of 2005, 2005, when I put a house on the market and two weeks later, it was crickets, right? No offers, no nothing. And then the same week, I got a call from a friend of mine who said, who worked at Wells Fargo and he said, hey, they're asking me for some top agents in the area to put on this REO list. I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what REO is. And I kind of dragged my feet and took about a month and I finally filled out the paperwork. Next thing you know, I got five properties assigned to me. And this was all when agents were still saying, oh, it's just seasonal. Oh, it'll be back in the spring. Oh, it'll all be good. Everything will be fine. Then 2006 rolls along. Oh yeah, it'll be fine next year. Oh yeah, and then all it's of a sudden- correction. That's a, yeah. just a correction. Right, then all of a sudden it's 2008, nine and 10 and you know everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. You want to hear something else super fascinating too that's awesome that I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about. I, I do a lot of consulting for a lot of asset managers, banks. I don't know, I just made myself reputable in the industry because of my property management experience. I designed all the property management courses for the REO agents, just this long thing. So I still have all these relationships and I've been talking to them a lot out of Dallas, Texas and uh, you know, just other states do REO. But here's the deal. Next go around, the banks learned their lesson. It's going to be all pre-approved short sales. So there'll be very little REO, just the people that absolutely won't communicate with the banks. Fine, whatever. We'll have maybe 10% REO, 90% will be pre-approved short sales. The banks are smart enough to know, look, let's give them their 10 grand. Let's help them move out of the house. They'll keep the house in good condition. The agents, us, how awesome is that? We'll get full commissions. We'll walk right up and we'll be able to hand them a listing agreement, sign this, and we're all friends and hug them and we're the saviors, right? So I'm thinking, this is cool. Like, I hated REO. It was disgusting. It was scary. It was hard. There was a lot of overhead. So it was nuts, but I still survived the market because of it. When right. every one of my friends went to work at Walmart, I had a job. I had 70 listings and I had tons of buyer calls and I knew what to do with them. So now here's the calls I'm getting in the last couple of weeks. Mike, we're going to do pre-approved short sales, but at the same time, we're going to partner with the online people or create our own line. So just like Zone was created by NationStar, which was one of the biggest banks ever, you know, they created their own online portal. Very smart, really. Okay. So Zone could have NationStar who bought every bank portfolio in the bad market. So now they own half of America. They get to just sell their own homes online. That's it. Cut out agents altogether. And here I am thinking, oh, this is bitching. We're going to get full 6% commission. They're just going to hand us clients and it's going to be so great. 
No. They're going to know first. They bring in their own agent, which just like Blackstone did with their property management, they managed, you know, 15, 20,000 homes across the country, all from one little spot in Nevada. And they have internal people that are salary and they handle the transaction online, just like auction.com. They don't need it. And what's really funny is I have friends that are realtors that use auction.com for their own properties when they're flipping them because it's easier, better, more, con more consistent and more convenient than ever. It's crazy. So, so I don't want to preach doom and gloom, but here's what I do. Here's what I, just like Dean Jackson said, you can only get there, but the negotiation part, I call BS on that. Any, anybody can negotiate if you're trained, you know, professionally like we were. Here's the deal. Relationships, trust are important. Yes. So that is going to take us a long time to ever forget. People say, why is social media such a big thing right now? It's because it's social. People never get to talk to each other, never get to see each other, they never get to do anything. That's why Zoom is the number one communication platform in the country right now, because I like to see you. I, I feel like I can touch you, right? So people still have this in bread, in inner, we still need relationships. Right. And here's how I'm surviving. If we know that 36% of all the tech companies are taking four out of 10 sales are going to those tech companies now, slowly becoming 50%. I still have clients calling me saying, Mike, Redfin sent me an email saying my house is worth way more than you did. They'll also do it for 1%, but I still love you, Mike. You're still my agent. I need to talk to you about this before I do this with Redfin. Those are the relationships that save you. So if we're not building and nurturing and maintaining those relationships, we're done. But people want to work with people they know, like, and trust. And I hate saying that because it's cliche in our business and our industry, but it's freaking true. I don't like working with anybody unless I've gotten three opinions. All my friends tell me, like, like I don't do anything. What do you do? If you needed a surgeon right now, you'd call your friends and say, who do you like? You need to go on Yelp. Why did Yelp take over the world? Because it's social proof. Why does Amazon reviews are so important? Like I had this guy, we bought this aluminum pink glass cases, like the whole glasses. And the guy sent me a handwritten letter. You know, it was handwritten, but photocopied. He said, hey, listen, I got, you know, my product's getting buried. I don't have as many reviews. I'm a, a dad with two kids. And he wrote this whole letter trying to get Amazon reviews. Reviews are everything, right? Look at TripAdvisor. Holy crap completely owns the travel industry now. TripAdvisor owns everything and it's all review because people need social proof. So those relationships are important, right? Like, you know, and, and I think that that's probably the best part of this whole conversation, right? Is because I think that people get so caught up in all, all of the hype and a lot of it is obviously real. We're going through it. We're seeing massive changes, but what I know, and I know that, you know, from being in this business all this time is that the most valuable thing that you own is your database. And, you know, Harvey Mackey said it years and years ago before we ever had technology and social media, he said the most valuable thing you own is your Rolodex, right? <laughs> Good old Rolodex days. And I don't think that that changes. And I think that, you know, if God forbid our entire industry is wiped out, people like you and I have got a Rolodex of people that will go figure out something else and they'll follow us and they'll go with us and they'll trust us to help them with whatever it is we're selling or working on or widgets or, you know, whatever that is. I think that that is, is if the new or newer agents or even, you know, the old, old fogies hear nothing else throughout this whole podcast that we just had, I hope that they hear that. Yeah. And, and, and if, if you want to talk something else, that's really important. You know, we talked about agents coming together and standing as one. That's super important, which we're doing at our company. The second thing is going to be relationships. And the third thing, and I think the most important thing for realtors to survive during any, whatever transition we have is diversification. So diver diversification used to mean own a brokerage and have your ancillary products. You can't do that no more because they're all going consumer direct. So diversify, and I mean, you better be diversified. Like, you know, predictable monthly cash flow, either it's property management, buy your rental property, invest in your own industry. Um, revenue share is a huge, huge, huge thing. It's all relationship-based for the most part. Absolutely. Uh, that's a really big thing. What else can you do as a realtor to uh, capitalize off of those relationships? Is it starting a painting company? 
Is it starting, you know, who knows? Yeah. It's kind of funny, the service companies, you know, our parents said, hey, you know, do you want to go to college and sit behind a computer and a nice, you know, white collar job and make all this money? And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But if look what robots and technology are doing, look who's making all the real money, electricians, people yeah. with the hammers, like those dudes are making cash. So if I look into the future, I'm going to say, well, if an 18 year old college student from the Philippines or India can replace my job, what am I going to do that they can't? Right? So it better be something that's you can touch it's tangible right. changes exactly. your life, right like you know that's why i love the property management game because i don't know about you but i have 600 properties i can literally create any business i want pool landscape carpet cleaning tile company roofing company with that many doors you can do a lot of stuff so i've been thinking about this for a few years you could probably tell and i'm going to continue to grow that because that'll be the last of the companies that are taken out by technology Sure, Zillow can put, you know, rentals on, but managing a property, it's, they're Well, not a big part of that is that people just want to be able to, you know, pick up the phone and talk to somebody. And I think that that is where technology is, is going to have a, a shortfall, right? Because even with all the technology, even with everybody, everything that's going on, people, especially people you have relationships with, want to say, hey, Mike, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Hey, Mike, I value your opinion. Hey, Mike, I trust you you know, what should I do with this? Okay, maybe it does make more sense for me to go sell my house on Redfin, but I want to get your opinion and your advice before I do that. Yeah. They want that person to talk to. Like, what is a human being's biggest frustration? Getting caught in a phone tree. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or I love when I have an issue with my computer and, you know, you're trying to call Dell or Apple or whatever, and they say, oh, well, for faster service, go to our website. You're like, if I could get on the damn website, I wouldn't be calling you. <laughs> and that's something you got to point out that, you know, there's, there's tons and tons and tons of mortgage brokers across the country, but the, the big banks win because at any time you could walk in, sit down face to face and get a home loan. Yeah. Credit unions at any time you could walk in, sit down face to face, get a car loan. Right. And it's a better deal than online if you do the right thing. So it proves to me that those relationships are right and they have the market cornered. If you're going to bring your money here, I get to use you for all my other services. So if you're going to bring your real estate here, I get to use you for all my other services. And that's what the big, the big tech companies and, you know, discount brands are doing. They're saying, look, you bring your stuff here. I get to use you for all this stuff. Um, but it's different when it comes to a bank when you get to go in and sit down versus, yeah. you know, forced, which is considered now forced um, purchasing. You know, you get zero chance of guessing who your escrow company is when you're going to buy a house. Like you have no exactly. idea. I mean, imagine that you're going to go buy the biggest thing in your whole world and you have no idea who's going to handle your transaction until you actually have some ding dong listing agent tell you who that's going to be. I think that's mind blowing. And I think, I think especially millennials and even gen, whatever you call it, Y or whatever. Now these really tech savvy people are so smart. Like I love millennials because they've never seen a time where they haven't had this in their phone their entire life. They've never lived without internet. They've never lived without a phone and they can do things that nobody else can do our age because they just, you know, I, I watch how they work and I'm like, where did you get that information? Oh, just right here. I'm like, wow. Like, so they're getting more and more savvy. The people. Oh, I know. My, my boys are 22 and 24 and the stuff that they do and figure out, I, I have, I have no concept. I can't even, you know, figure out a lot of what they're doing. It's so crazy. So they're buying real estate off their phones, picking where their services are going to go and already have this all lined out before they even go shopping, right? You know, yeah. buyers, there's three different phases of buyers. Aspirational, right? Aspirational is huge. We're just dreaming. Someday we want to buy a home. But then buyers, particularly millennials, move into a very hardcore research stage where they're smart, they're savvy, they have all the information at their fingertips, they have graphs, social proof, they have everything, and they put it in little buckets, right? So they're so okay, this is where I wanna buy my house, this is the school I want my kid to go to, this is the loan company I wanna use, this is the title company, escrow company, da -da 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 -da. they've researched this whole thing, and it has to go that way, or they're gonna freak out because they spent so much time in research mode, and then when they turn, then they turn into a transactional buyer, they're, they're very the same way, they go, okay, I have Zoom, I have auction.com, 
I have Zillow, I have Redfin, I have real estate agents, and, and I've already read up on how to beat all these people. So when they become transactional, it's, it's intense with these people. They're like, no, it's gonna happen this way. You're like, okay. So if people yeah. like us aren't up on top of all these things, it's gone and they will just slowly but surely, you know, take over. But it's, it's, it's it, it, you can go so deep for so long, you know, predicting the future. And, and, and honestly, did you know this podcast would go this way? I didn't. I had no idea. We were like, I, what are we I honestly about? thought we were going to talk about scripts and dialogues. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to do another one on scripts and dialogues because this has been a super fascinating conversation. And um, it's really, truly been incredible talking to you. Like I said, I had, I had no idea what we were going to talk about. So <laughs> I think that this has been a fantastic conversation and I'm, I'm so grateful for you taking the time today, Mike. And so oh, I appreciate tell me it. This. I'm honored that I was your first one on your comeback mission. I know. It's so exciting. It, it's really exciting. And it was a perfect conversation for this, you know, first relaunch. And so, really so you have a podcast too, right? Called I do. Can I plug it? it? Yeah. So yeah. you came to this podcast looking for hardcore real estate training. Uh, my podcast is realestatemarketingshow.com, realestatemarketingshow.com. Um, that's the website and you can also download it of course there and chase it all over i also have a youtube channel mike bjorkman training mike bjorkman training it's just real raw and relevant training for realtors across the country uh, my dream is to make all real estate agents not go through what i went through so i just take all the bs out of it tell them what to do and if they do it they'll be rich and um and thank god we're you know sharing people so if they listen to something like this and then the training we have put all that together uh, we'll be awesome. That's fantastic. We'll be sure to put all the links in our show notes. And uh, so you can definitely click on that and get a hold of Mike. And thank you again. I'm super honored to have you on the show. You're, you're in a wealth of knowledge and information. And I'm grateful to also be in business with you. It's, yeah, it's likewise. No, I'm super proud to be in business with you as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Be sure to hop on over to realestaterealworld.com and leave your comments or use our hotline at 916-905-6130. We may even feature your comments on a future show. Be sure to share on social media and subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes as well as blog posts on hot topics, head on over to www.realestaterealworld.com.